the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast, and welcome to Season 6. We are off and running. Big thanks to our supporters, listeners, and sponsors. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Make sure to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, as we have tons of things happening. And make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets for updates and news. Super excited to kick off season six with adventure runner, world record holding mountaineer, educator, and really all around epic human, Jason Hardrath. Make sure to check out the documentary film on Jason called Journey to 100 and also follow Jason on Instagram at J-A-S-O-N-H-A-R-D-R-A-T-H where you can also follow his amazing journeys. Also, thank you to my buddy, the late great Dr. X, for providing the music for today's episode. Let's welcome Jason Hardrath. man how are you i'm doing all right uh man it looks like i didn't resolve my <laughs> yeah i thought you uh, did i actually I... thought i thought it actually popped up or you switched it on yeah no worries like i said man and by the way i'm recording i record right off the bat um i'll we'll just we'll just you know like it's just technical difficulty shit happens i'll clean it up or whatever we'll use that picture right there and um you know it's not the end of the world well, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Sorry, sorry about the uh, technical malfunction. Yeah, no worries. It's New Year. Like everything's got to like do something's got to happen, right? So, <laughs> so well, dude. I you know, thank you for doing this. Um, you know, I think, I think you'd reached out to me on Instagram, right? I can't even remember. I think so how. yeah, it's it's been a minute now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been. Yeah, I can't remember how. Like, anyways, I can't remember how we met or whatever. Um. But like, I'm really excited to talk to you because I think like you have such a fascinating story for one. Um, and just like reading up about your, you studying kinesiology, uh, I think is also, you know, it's something that I think is kind of interesting, uh, you know, about like kind of what we do in, in regards to this balance of, you know, having a creative practice and a physical practice, talking about mental health, mental wellness, and, you know, like I want to talk to you about like how, you know, your story about how you got into climbing, for instance, and, and I, you know, I don't even know really where to start. I always, I always find these, the beginnings of podcasts. So, so difficult because I, you know, they're just, it's just all over the place, but, uh, just like in reading about what you do, um, I think how you inspire, and I'm curious about when, you know, we'll talk about the the documentary. It, the, I don't believe that's out, correct? Or is it out? I think I it, just saw uh, the trailer. It's gonna air. It's gonna air with the Trail Film Festival here on. Oh, cool. Uh, January fifteenth. Then it will air again 
with the Vancouver International Film Festival uh, in February. Um, So those will be chances to view it. And then it's official release, the big push from uh, my sponsor, Athletic Brewing, Mm -hmm. to release it out and then release it digitally will be in April. Cool. And then no, it'll be great. on outside TV for people to watch. Yeah. And I'll, I'll obviously, I, I always try to promote anybody that I have on the podcast in different ways. And we'll do that as that gets closer and stuff. But yeah, like I, you know, like I really truly want to just get into you <laughs> as, as a person in your story. Like, again, I've read a lot of your background and, you know, you're a teacher, you're a climber, but the climbing stuff came about because of an automobile accident, correct? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. No, I really... was a, I, I was a very committed uh, ultra endurance athlete, right. um, and that was like what owned me heart and soul. Loved running. Running was my first love, and then got into into biking. I never really fell in love with swimming, but I picked it up because it's like, oh, if you can run and bike, you might as well pick up the <laughs> swimming and do some triathlons. Right. Um, and was just living that life, just loving it, being able to go do those things. Um, but yeah, then had a had a car accident that uh, broke nine of my ribs, collapsed a lung, put internal contusions through my body, broke my shoulder in two places, and completely shredded the ACL and LCL of my right knee. Um, what my my first doctor when I brought up this love I had for moving my body because I was I was an ADHD kid as well. That's part of my backstory that's relevant, and so movement was the way I found an identity and found something I could actually be. Uh, respected and appreciated for instead of always feeling like a failure. Um, Cause you know, I couldn't sit still in class. I, I had impulsive behavior. So teachers had trouble with me. I would always ruin relationships with friends. So like the one thing I could do was move my body. And so when I was in a context where, where moving my body was what was good, I tended to thrive. Um, so yeah, suddenly going from being, uh, you know, I qualified for a couple of world championships in triathlon, like that level of like dedication and, and performance to not being able to get my own drink of water and having a doctor like say that was super rough to navigate. And one of the things I found when I still couldn't run was climbing. Um, and I started pursuing that and, you know, there was an element of like having to be willing to suck at something new. Right. Cause when you do ultra endurance, <laughs> I you- tell that to my students all the time. Learn, yeah, absolutely. Learn, learn to suck at something new. <laughs> I mean, because I, because it's that idea is yep. like you are you're gonna suck yep. at anything yep. at the beginning, <laughs> and once you get going, like you like you get better at it daily. Oh yeah, and the, our our Achilles heel as adults is that we we self judge too quickly, um, and we don't give ourselves time to actually finally reach that breakthrough point to become good at something new. Um, so yeah. Well, I think, I think we're kind of taught that failure is a bad thing. And I I come from a baseball, like baseball background, which is failure 70% of the time. And so like, for me, it's like, and I'm an, I'm an artist, you know, again, that's kind of how, what the abstract athlete is, is this balance between a, you know, creative outlet and a, and a physical outlet. And, and talking about how both of those outlets are so important for us as humans. But it's like, I do, I, I like, I just going back what you were just saying, I just, I think we're kind of as a society taught that, you know, we have to get 90% on that test or we're a failure. And it's like, no, actually that's how you learn is by failing. Like, like again, like sucking at something new. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you, as an ultra athlete, you like intentionally love, 
let your upper body, because I come from a family roots where I guess I should say this as well, where like we're pretty stocky. <laughs> um, we, we put on muscle, we put on fat. I'm not, I don't come from like thoroughbred racing jeans. I come from, you know, Clydesdale jeans. <laughs> and so like, if I even thought about a weight set, I would put on 10 pounds of muscle and suddenly not be able to run on the team anymore. So I was like, okay, I like don't touch weights, don't do anything upper body. Um, and you know, did that for years and years to pursue these endurance sports. And then you get into where you're climbing and suddenly it's like, oh, wait, now I don't have the strength, you know, I, other climbers, one of the Carmen, uh, one of the common jargon, uh, you know, one of their catchwords is, oh, reach up and grab that jug, which means an easy hold. Like the, in their opinion, that's an easy hold you can rest on. And I would reach up to grab the thing they call the jug. And to me, it was like, there's no way I can hang on to this. And I would slip and fall off. Right. And so I was like, literally the worst person in the entire climbing gym that I was at. <laughs> like there were, there were like 11 year old kids that were doing stuff, warming up on stuff that I couldn't climb. And I just had to abide like being the worst person there for a long time. Like, like it took, it took a good eight months before finally someone walking by went, Oh, Whoa, that's really cool. You were able to climb that. Could you show me how? And I was like, Oh my God, I've done it. Like I've arrived. <laughs> like I've reached a place that someone actually thinks I have something to teach in this. But this, what, <laughs> what you do, like your climb, it's like, I, I mean, I would, would I be right in saying it's kind of like a mix between hiking and climbing because you are like, like going the FKT, what is, which is climbing jargon, correct? It's for fastest known time. Like, you know, I'm like, for instance, I watched a climbing documentary last night. Um, I cannot remember the name of it. Um, what's his name? The guy that did, uh, it, it was about, um, Yosemite. Was it the, it was oh, Yosemite. It was not, uh, it was not, it was not, solo. it was not that one. It was a different one. I've seen Don free Wall. solo. Um, it was, it, it was about like a, uh, a group of like sixties guys and girls that were there that were kind of trashing up the place. And, you know, I mean, it, oh, yeah, it was yeah, a really yeah. interesting um, documentary. And, and so like that to me is like straight climbing. That is not, but what you're doing is kind of this combination of endurance what you, what you talked about in, in, but you're, it's like a sprawling climb as opposed to like straight up wall climbing. Correct. I mean, am I saying this correctly? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're doing a good job of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, you nailed it. FKT stands for fastest known time. And in my opinion, what it, what it allows is it allows this, this confluence of a collective of skills, right? A mountaineer can chase an FKT that requires mountaineering skills with glacier travel and rock climbing. Uh, a rock climber can run out to a rock route and solo up, you know, uh, an easy moderate, like you said, not a vertical wall necessarily, but kind of like an easy moderate, but still like very serious technical terrain sure. where you mess up, you likely die or at least end up in the hospital. Um, and there's this confluence where it's like a, a trail runner has a place in that too. And, and even, and with some of these bigger ones, like my, my biggest under, my most recent undertaking, um, with the Bulgers list, um, it's almost a mixture of through hiking in with that, right? Cause you have to pack the bag and have all the right stuff and plan out your days and where are you going to pick up resources? So it's like these, this mixture of these skills that all play into producing. So it's a like a mountaineering either. triathlon almost. I mean, like, like, uh, it's, it's interesting for you to t say this and me thinking about the fact that you came from a triathlon space because you're still really truly i mean it's in a different way obviously but you're like really truly working different muscle groups and 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 thinking and kind of problem solving as you're going through it whereas 
I mean, a mountain climb, obviously there's huge technical skill. Like the, it's crazy to me to watch those documentaries free solo. Like in the one last night that I was watching, it's like, I almost get dizzy watching the television from those views. And, and, but like for you, it's like traveling, like, you know, like these, do you actually run during some of this? As oh, absolutely. Well? Yeah. See, that's oh, yeah. like, that to me is like really badass because again, like for me, it is like, it's working different muscle groups, different ways of thinking, different ways of exploring. Um, and I think the other thing, not to interrupt, like I always go off on tangents, but one of the things I find like really interesting is, and I think in one of the kind of articles that I, I read about you, like, you know, you do still take time to appreciate where you're at, you know, like Mm. to be able to look out, uh, you know, across the land and stuff. And it's like, for me, I equate that to like, I just read an article today, as a matter of fact, that like looking at art, for instance, is so good for our mental health. Well, so is like looking at nature and that kind of balance between your physical acts and kind of this intake of beauty, you know, again, like I think you're really accomplishing this thing that we talk about at the abstract athlete is like taking in this, this kind of creative sense along with this physical sense. And I, I just can imagine how energized you are when you're out there, like literally oh, and figuratively. I mean, I'm, 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 I know my camera's not on cause I couldn't get it to work, but if you were able to see me, you would have seen me smiling ear to ear as you described that because <laughs> you're, you, you're spot on. Like to me, I, I actually describe this as like, I've studied this stuff enough. I've built these skills, these diverse skill sets enough. I've built fitness and my nutrition and my understanding of how my body works enough that now when I go out and I do these things, like you think about a rock climb when you're climbing it fast, it's like a choreographed dance, right? It's, it's right hand up, left, reaches up into the right, pinch the hold, step up with the right foot, right? It's like, you've memorized where things are going to happen. It's like this dance with the rock. And then, yeah, at the same time, uh, what is it they say about experts? Uh, Andrew Huberman was talking on his, his uh, podcast about this, that experts don't sustain. It's not that experts sustain high level, intense focus for long periods of time. It's that they're very good at toggling between states of rest and states of intense focus more quickly than the average person. So they're able to toggle in and out of intense focus very quickly and switch these mental states. And I think, I think that's exactly what's key to this experience is being able to be in a certain mental state while running, being able to be in a certain mental state while climbing, very different. And then also to be able to shift this, the state to go, hmm. I'm in a beautiful moment right now, the way my body feels, the wind across my skin, the view out in front of me. I may never have another moment just like this again. I'm going to take a breath here and I'm going to appreciate it. Yeah. And do you, do you, I I just, that to interrupt. So I'd like, but do you, do you equate it to a triathlon in your head in some ways like that relationship? Absolutely. There's, there's elements, there's elements. And I think that's why I pursue these more complex, um, routes that involve different skill sets. I even have done some that involve, uh, biking up to a mountain lake, swimming across a mountain lake, and then doing a rock climbing route after the swim. <laughs> um, and, and I, I find myself very drawn to that because to me, it's, it allows for a greater demonstration of who I am in a way. 
the fullness of what I can bring to an experience. If I just go for a run, it's like, well, that's just one thing I can do. Like how many of these things can I blend together and figure out and have an experience with all of them on the same day in a beautiful place. And that's what, that's what made me fall in love with FKTs. No, and it, like you just said something again, I'm going back to this movie I watched last night about kind of the, um, extension or the, like the newness of something. And they were talking about, and I can't, it wasn't Holland, the guy that did free solo, but it was whoever was before that started doing these free solo climbs. And what you're talking about is almost kind of inventing your own niche in, in that, like, okay, I'm going to go run, then I'm going to jump in the water, then I'm going to go mountain climbing. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're kind of potentially like starting your own own kind of triathlon. And and I think that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of badass to like, be able to like think about different ways to integrate these interests and like, and uh, let it evolve. Um, I mean, does that, is that like ever cross your mind? Like when you were doing that, like what you just said, you like bike to a lake, swim across and then you went climbing. Like that's like really truly, it's like, it's your own (laughs) triathlon in that sense. Oops, I think I lost Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Oh, there I go. Uh, that I gotcha. one, do, you, do you got me? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, that one uh, That one was actually in Yosemite. Uh, it's referred to as the Yosemite picnic. I modeled it after the Grand Teton picnic, which has become famous. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a chance to go out and have this full multi-sport experience in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Um, I mean, people travel internationally, thousands, millions of people travel to see that park. And it's like, well, what's better than just seeing it go out and have a hands-on experience with all of the skill sets it requires to move around through that terrain. Um, yeah. And you know, it's kind of cool after, after my partner and I finished that one, um, uh, Hans Florin, who is one of the people who's held the record on the, the speed record on the nose of El Cap. Yep. Uh, he, he saw, he came across it and he said, Oh, that's cool. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I think they mentioned him in this documentary last night. I, it, I, I no, I just, I, you know, it's, it's, I, you can actually hear the, the joy when you describe stuff, you know? And I think that that's, that's like, it's rewarding, like as a, as another human to hear that, that you're so like, you love what you do. I mean, the other part, the other thing that you do is you're, you're, you, uh, are a physical education teacher at a, is it an elementary school or junior high? I can't remember. An elementary, elementary school. school. Okay. And, and I think again, I can imagine that your students have to love you because you kind of practice what you preach, you know? And you, you bring back real world experience, not that they have to go out and do what you do, but to be able to like sit there and have, have a teacher that goes out and, and has adventures. Like I, you know, I, I think that that's, I, I don't know, like as, as I, I can imagine as a student, that would be like super badass to have you as a teacher <laughs> personally. Um, I, I, I love it. You know, uh, from my own perspective, it, the two absolutely fuel each other, right? Yep. I'm more energized to go do my 
adventures and to truly push them to the fullest of my abilities and to face my fears and to go out and do the biggest and most difficult things I can because it gives me the authenticity to turn around and say to my students like, hey, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Right. And I'm not bullshitting when I say that. I'm, I'm authentic. Like I believe it because I live it. And, um, you know, and then, then like the adventure obviously fuels the teaching. Like, it, you know, I'm fueled to do the adventure because I know I want to have that authenticity. And then I get to have that authenticity when I step back into the classroom. Like, oh, I'm not just, I'm not just telling you to do these things to keep your body fit and strong for no reason while I go, you know, drink a ton of beer and sit on my butt. Like, <laughs> Right. I, I'm telling you this stuff because this has made my life worth living. Yep. Yep. No, I, I it's, it is like, it's, it's one of those things. Look, I, I, I'm a teacher at a university and, and I, um, you know, I'm a former athlete, uh, and I'm an artist and I, I drive out West every summer and I take photographs and I tell my students this because again, like, it's not that I want them to do that, but it's, it's one of those things where I think, like go do stuff, whatever that, whatever that thing that is, that excites you, whatever the, you know, gets you going, like, don't be as scared or, or stop yourself from trying stuff. And don't be going back to what you were talking about at the beginning. Don't be afraid to fail at something. Just try it. Not to sound like Nike, but just do it, you know, and, and, and go out there and, and, and experience like live life instead of life living you. And that's what, again, like what, when I like look at these, <clears throat> the trailer of the, of the, the documentary, when I read stuff about you, like I really, it, it, I think about, you know, reading the, the, the accident happened and while it stopped you for a little bit, it didn't stop you, you know, like you just changed your, you changed your direction, but there's still like, you still have the same kind of energy just in a different outlet. Uh, and I think that that's like, again, I think that's badass. I like one of the things I was reading, I believe I, it said something that you wanted to skateboard and your parents didn't want you to do it because it was too dangerous or something. Right. Is yes, that what I, it, <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that you did your research. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, they, the, I, I'd done a ton, like I would sneak out of the house and skate all day. Right. Like I was truly into it, passionate about it. Like some kids sneak away to go skate so that they can smoke weed. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm here to skate. Like I, I want to, I want to, I want to spend eight hours today trying to perfect this trick and I'm going to take my falls and you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to come home bloody and banged up and bruised, but I'm going to have landed this 360 transfer, you know, like this is going down. You know, I was there to, I was there to like really go for it, you know? And I think there's a huge lesson there. I mean, even uh, Jordan Peterson in, in his, his book, he says, you know, don't bother children when skateboarding is one of his <laughs> rules for life. And what he means by who engaged with something where they learn, take the heart to earn what they care to do. Like well, if you've ever re seen. Re repeat what you just said. I was, you were kind of breaking up. Like repeat what you just said. Sorry. Oh, uh, about what Jordan Peterson yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he talks about, uh, you know, don't interrupt kids when they're skateboarding, because when you see a kid, when you see a person engaged with something where they have to take their hard knocks to earn something they care about, right? Um, like that is a fundamental life skill to, to be able to go through that process, to abide that process. And so you think about a kid, if you've ever watched a kid trying to land a kickflip on a skateboard, they fail 
thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But if you've ever managed to have the moment, be lucky enough to see the moment the first time a kid lands it, who's failed thousands of times, you just, you, you just see this uncontrollable energy go through their body of enthusiasm, of excitement for life because they've earned it through the hard knocks. That's rewritten how their brain works. That's what's happening in that moment. It's rewriting how they value the world around them and how they will make choices for the rest of their life. And, and fundamentally, like that's I, I see the importance of that moment. And that's why I still seek frontier inv- adventures for myself, right? I don't want to be done rewriting that belief of myself and how the world works and what's possible because it's so easy for that to get stagnant. You know, you read these stories say about someone who has a near death experience and they have a new gratitude for life, but five years later they're drug addicted and depressed. It's like, you can lose touch with that stuff if you're not revisiting it. Um, And so that's one of the reasons I continue to go out and have my own frontier adventures is I want, I want to be intimately in touch well, it's that, that stupid. It's that, that stupid process. saying of staying curious. You know, I think yep. we like you either evolve or you don't, and and I think you know, I'll, I think life sometimes knocks people down that they don't stay curious and they don't evolve, and which is you know like I always try to like pick people up that I know that are in that state, and it's hard sometimes. Like again, like just life takes over sometimes, but I think like you like again, like it feels like you are like, for lack of a better way to say it, like you're an adrenaline junkie. I mean, is that a good way to say it? I mean, you, like, I mean, in some ways, in some ways, yeah, it's like a long, hard earned, I don't know, maybe it's more endorphins than it is adrenaline. Right. But I don't know, for me, for me, the real thing is I mentioned being ADHD, right? Like my mind is going a million miles an hour. It's un, it's, it's very divergent. Like stuff is going all over the place. When I run out to a rock face and I make those first moves onto the rock, my brain goes silent. Yep. I feel the grain of the rock. I feel the breeze. I feel the temperature of the rock. I, I feel the tension in my muscles. I see the distances that I'm reaching. Like it's, it's all just quiet calculation and observation. There's no room for anything else. And to me, that's a sanctuary. That's more a sanctuary than any church I've ever stood inside of. Um, and, and that to me is what really, it's that silence. It's not, it's not the adrenaline. It's not the rush. It's the silence. Yep. Do you ever, do you do anything like, I mean, do you paint or like write music or anything like that? Just out of curiosity? Not at the, not at this point, not as okay. a regular practice. No, I, I, I was just curious. Cause that, that's, you know, that same kind of, um, like you, you, you speak like so perfectly that quietness, like I can go back to football games or basketball games or baseball games that it is, it's like a tunnel, but I have that same experience. Like when I create art or when I used to be a singer, it's like, I could be singing in front of like 10,000 people. And it's just, it's quiet. It's because I want to be there. And like, I, I, again, like I think about that, uh, I'm keep going back to these documentaries, um, but that, that documentary of, of free solo and, and he kind of said that similar, similar thing that it's just like, it's, that space where there's just nothing and it's beautiful at the same time, you know? And, and so like, I, I, I completely can understand. I, I'm hugely interested in like what you do and like, 
and climbing, but it's just not my, it's just not my cup of tea. Like I know that I'm too, uh, accident prone. <laughs> I have to be honest. I like, I can't skateboard. Like I, I, in my head, I'm a great snowboarder, but I know that I'm not, but in my head, I'm fantastic. But those, those things that I think finding those things that we know that we love, that we can get into that space that you're talking about is so important. Uh, you know, I mean, it is like, I think it's like so badass that you've got that and, and found that and, and kind of can really inspire other people to see that. And I, I guess the next thing I want to, you know, is like, what is like, you just got back from, uh, like a, a two week adventure. Correct. Is that right? Didn't you say, you were uh, yeah, I, okay. I was on Christmas break and I was in uh, death Valley. Yeah. Yeah. What like what's next? Like, are you planning something like big here in the future? Are you going to like repeat like because you you're a world record holder? You just did the I don't know what year it was. I can't remember now that you know climbed the hundred um, tallest peaks in Washington State. You know, in the the quickest the FKT, um, you know, fastest known time by like a long shot. Like you destroyed that record, correct? I mean, it's yeah, like, I, just, I actually just finished that on August 3rd of this year. So oh, is this year? yeah, I climbed, okay. yep, I climbed the hundred tallest peaks of the state of Washington known as the Bulgers list. Yep. And I did it in 50 days, 23 hours, 43 minutes. And the previous record had been 410 days. Yeah. It's just, it's just like um, a, I knew it was like over a year. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, but is that something like, do you like think about other states and peaks and like would you go to colorado and do like the same kind of a thing and and um, I, like is that I something a, you're a, in i have my hand in a few different things um <laughs> i i definitely have i have some big projects like that um there's one called the uh rockies grand slam which is the tallest peaks of montana colorado and wyoming yeah. all in a push um that one, that one's, I think, kind of calling my name. And I kind of, I have parameters, right? Because I'm a school teacher. I'm not just a professional athlete. Right. Um, so whatever, <laughs> whatever I choose has to fit into a scholastic summer yep. is if it's going to be my big project, it has to fit there. So that one, that one might be calling my name this year. But I've also, I, I love this like higher intensity, like day long stuff. I, I'm, I mean, on the big projects, I'm kind of re re, uh, restricted by the, you know, I have about 80 days of summer, roughly ballpark. Um, so it has to fit in that. Otherwise I can't choose to do it. So for example, something else that I have my hands in helping on the planning of, but I won't be able to be the athlete on per se is there's a kid named Travis Soares and a kid named, uh, Nathan Longhurst. Yep. They're both in their twenties, but I call them kids. Cause I guess I'm 30 now, so I can do that. Um, <laughs> well then you're a kid to me. So sorry. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair. No, fair. I think I, one um, of the articles I read, you were mentioning Nathan in, in one of them. Yeah, absolutely. He he did 66 of the Bulgers peaks with me and became the youngest finisher of that list. Um, he ended up finishing it while he was still 21 years old and became only the second person ever to finish it in a single season. So he actually would have beaten the record by 316 days if I hadn't just already set the 50-day record. Um, so yeah, he, fit, he climbed them all in 94 days. So super impressive. Like everybody would be talking about it if I hadn't done my record. So I always try to, sh I try to shout him out whenever I can because he's an amazing athlete.
quick break, a reminder to go check out Jason's documentary. It is called Journey to 100. And also follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Hardrath. That's J-A-S-O-N-H-A-R-D-R-A-T-H. Also a reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Now back to Jason. As I was saying, they're going to do the 248 peaks of the Sierra's peak section list, and they're going to attempt to do it. Nobody's even done it in like five years, I don't think. Like the fastest time is is just north of five years, and they're going to attempt to do it in under six months. Wow! Um, so it's going to be a wild thing. That's going to they're going to start in March um, of this upcoming year. So it's going to be this wild thing that's going to be going in the background of the mountaineering world and the background of the FKT world. Um, from March until August, if everything goes well. Um, and I think it's just going to be amazing, but again, it's one I can't quite do because, you know, it doesn't fit in the school summer. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to help them do their logistics and help them like get some support from different sponsors and whatnot, but kind of know it's like, yeah, this is kind of like passing the baton to someone else in a way and, and, and letting them have their day in the sun. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of cool to take on a mentor role for for that effort. Is and that, then, is, like, what what would be like a goal for you? Like, I mean, I there one of the things I read. I think you were kind of half joking. You'd said you'd climbed something twice. I think it was that was like the same height as Mount Everest. <laughs> and you said so. I did my my Everest or something like that. And I mean, is that something that you would be interested in? And I mean, again, like I know that that's like different from what you do, but is that, you know, is there, is there something that's interesting to you about, uh, about like altitude, like, you know, like, cause it doesn't seem like that's necessarily what it is. It's, it's about like for you, I think it's more about the endurance and, and, and all these other things, but is it something that you would be interested in? Like, again, like climbing an Everest or something like that. If, if I've always said, if someone else pays the bill 100%, <laughs> right. uh, I'll go climb Everest, but it would have to probably be as a part of some bigger project. Right. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm biking, I'm going to swim across the dead sea and I'm going to bike from the dead sea to Everest and then climb Everest. So go from the lowest, <laughs> lowest spot on earth to the highest spot on earth. Like it would have to be something interesting, right? That would be pretty um, epic. That would be Cause epic. I'm not, like I, I have no interest in doing the PCT other than maybe after I retire, I've, I've jokingly said, it'll be my retirement gift to myself. Right. Um, but like, I'm not interested in the name brands, right? It's like, I don't really want to go run Boston marathon just because the Boston marathon is famous. I don't want to do the PCT because it's the trail. Everybody knows the name of, right. I don't want to climb Everest just because it's the one mountain. Everybody knows the name of, yep. um, like I, would I climb an 8,000 meter peak? Yeah. But there's others that are way cooler than Everest that I would be more interested in. Right. Um, so but I like your, like, I like your idea better that you're doing the biking and the swimming and then the, you know, like, again, that puts it to a completely different, uh, element to me, you know, is there, is there something like, do you, you know, cause again, like something we haven't talked about is like, you obviously have to be like really acclimated to going up in those different altitudes or, I mean, because when you get up into what is it over 9,000 feet or something like 
you can start noticing that or whatever it is. I don't know that. The, yep. The no, you're, you're pretty spot on. You're, you're pretty accurate there. Some people feel it as low as 7,000 feet. Yep. That's pretty rare though. Um, but yeah, you can start to get altitude sickness, even uh, as low as 9,000 feet. Um, some of the stuff I play on um, that I've done things on is, is well over 14,000 feet. Yep. Um, I've done some climbing. I've climbed Chimborazo in Ecuador, which is over 20,000. I've climbed Pico de Orizaba in Mexico, which is 18,500. Um, I might go do an infinity loop record down there in South America, which an infinity loop record is where you climb over the top of a mountain, up one side, down the other, then do a half circum circumnavigation back around to where you started then go over the mountain again and then circumnavigate the other half of the mountain, basically drawing an infinity loop, an infinity symbol over the top of the mountain. And I've done that on Rainier, on Adams, on Hood, and on Shasta here in the States. Yeah. And I would love to be the first person to do it on a, on a mountain taller than 20,000 feet. What is it? Um, what is like, that, uh, there's something like uh, kind of symbolic about that. Mm -hmm. do, do, I mean, what does that mean to you? I mean, cause that, that seems there's, there's something kind of to me, guttural, to me, I guess. There's, there's an intimacy to it, right? right? Cause, cause people are willing to dedicate years of their life to just climbing a mountain. Right. And then oftentimes another way people experience these mountains is they go on hikes around the mountain. They're very popular here in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of the mountains have trails that go around them, like the wonderland around uh, Mount Rainier is one that almost everybody knows about. Um, so to me, it's like this intimate experience with the mountain because you're going to get to climb the mountain and descend on a different side. And you're going to get to walk every step around that mountain. So you're going to get to look at it from every aspect, um, all in the same push, um, as opposed to taking, you know, bits and pieces of it over years of your life, or, you know, at least two or three trips. Right. Um, and to me, there's, there's something pretty special about that. I've definitely fallen in love with that type of an experience on a mountain. Um, so yeah, that, that to me is, it's kind of this, it's this journey through so many different skills and through that, as you alluded to the, the different elevation. So you have that experience with yourself. There's obviously the sleep and the nutrition. So you get to have that journey. Um, of like, oh, am I going to sleep 30 minutes tonight? Am I going to sleep 90 minutes tonight? Like what's, what's going to be the right call for my body that's going to affect me, you know, tomorrow and the next day, if this thing goes on long and then making, you know, having that hike around the mountain, that run around the mountain where you get to view it and see that beauty. But then that second time over the mountain, there's this element of like, okay, I'm sleep deprived. I'm fatigued. Maybe I messed up my nutrition a little bit. So I'm a little calorie deprived. Like, am I still in a state that I can make life and death decisions right. on, you know, glaciated terrain where I could fall into a crevasse that you can throw a bus in and not even see the bus. Um, like, can I still trust myself to make these decisions in this type of terrain when I feel like this and, and to be, to be able to answer that question honestly, and know when to turn around, if it's time to turn around, even if you've already invested a day and a half of pure effort, um, and being able to go, Nope, time to go home. Right. And I don't know, there's something, there's something that's just so real about that. Yeah. It's um, totally grounding. I mean, it's, it has to be, I mean, it's gotta be difficult too, because like you said, that idea of preparing that long and, or, or whatever, and, and going to that and, and being able to tell yourself, no, I mean, that's, it's obviously important to tell yourself no, when you know, you need to say that but it's got to be a little bit 
I don't want to say disheartening, but it's got to be a tough internal dialogue in some ways. It can be heart wrenching Mm -hmm. is the, uh, is the term. Um, I've had, I've had efforts that I've been over a day into, um, even one where I was over two days into it and had to pull the plug. And it was just like tears from the eyes scream to the skies kind of moment. Like, ah, (laughs) and just like letting all of that loose as you kind of know, like, no, I have to, I have to pull the plug on this. Um, yeah. No, that's, I, how did, how did the, you know, the, how did the movie come about? Did people approach you with that, with that idea? Like, or, you know, like, because again, like for me, it's this, your story is so fascinating again, how you kind of got into this and then to have like almost to like take over that space in some ways, like to break that record by almost a year or whatever, you know, literally how, how did that, that the documentary come about? Well, there's a, there's a, a second storyline that's woven into this as well. Um, that's probably interesting to talk about at this point. Yep. Um, within the FKT world, there's a, there's a website fastestknowntime.com yep. and they track, they track all of the like FKTs. And um, I started pursuing them first back in 2018 um, I actually did my first one without even knowing I'd done it as an FKT. I just, I was already in love with doing big pushes between peaks. Um, basically I did this journey of learning to climb and learning to mountaineer, um, learning all the rope skills and rock skills while I couldn't run because my knee had almost no range of motion, right. but I was also putting in all the time with the PT physical therapy to, you know, restore my knee. Cause I'm like, I want to run again. I, running was my first love. Like I want to figure out how to run again. Even if I don't ever run the same as I used to, I at least want to be able to like go for a three mile run and have it be normal. Like I don't want to limp for the rest of my life when I try to move fast. Um, so I'd been like hiking Hills slowly, but eventually like after I put in the work about two years worth of work, I got to where I could like run, you know, go out for 10 miles. Like I wasn't fast. Like I used to be, um, well, I wasn't that fast really in the big (laughs) scale of things, but what I consider fast for myself, um, you know, I used to be able to run a marathon at six 30 pace. Like that's decent. Um, and I was pretty proud of that, you know, since I, like I said, I come from, you know, more Clydesdale jeans rather than thoroughbred jeans. So I was really happy with 630. That's, right. that's actually kind of fast. That's a 250 marathon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and anyways, you know, after the accident, like I would limp along at like 15 minute miles and it would hurt. And so that was like a tough transition, but I got back to where it's like, okay, I can jog at nines and tens and like the knee doesn't swell up anymore. And like, I'm not, you know, heaving horrendously as I do it. Like this is actually sustainable. And then of course the idea pops in my head. Well, how about I start climbing these peaks and running in between them and just knock out like three peaks in a day. Like that would be fun. Let's like pick three peaks out and take a weekend and go beg three peaks that normally people take three weeks to climb and I'll do it all today. (laughs) Um, and so just started doing stuff like that. And so I actually ended up setting an FKT when I didn't even know I was setting an FKT. And then shortly thereafter, came to realize it. And so submitted it after the fact, um, but then started actively pursuing them. And the idea very quickly popped in my head of, well, how about I do a hundred of these? Cause this is already what I love doing. Like, how about I do 100 FKTs? And so I just started like tracking down ones I was interested in or creating ones on aesthetic lines in the outdoors um, and like submitting them to be accepted by the, the uh, people who oversee the fastest known time website. And so I just started doing these things one after the other. 
And then, you know, it gained a little momentum and I got on podcasts like this to have conversations about it. And eventually uh, one of the podcast hosts connected me with uh, Athletic Brewing and with the owner of Athletic Brewing. And was like, hey, you want to try some of this beer? Maybe they'll bring you on like uh, onto their ambassador crew and you can like, and I was like, oh, sure, I'll try some, you know, non-alcoholic beer. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, ended up really liking the product, ended up really liking the company, hit it off with the, the owner. And actually I was going along and I just kind of started sending him because he was like sending me some free beer and stuff. So I just started sending him like little write-ups of things I was doing. And he's like, this shit is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if we made a movie about it? And I was like, wait, you want to make a movie about it? He's like, yeah, what um, if we make hell a movie yes. about it? <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I don't know. I don't have any clue how to do that, but if you want to do it, I'll try to help you make it happen. Like I'll, I'll be willing to like have some camera crew come along and, and do some stuff with me. And so, yeah, it, it, uh, the journey to 100 film became a thing. Was it a weird, what is it a weird experience though to have that? Cause I mean, do you go, I mean, obviously that one time I, again, from reading, um, with the, the two, the two younger guys that you just mentioned, I'm totally flaking on their names already. Uh, like, do you go by yourself a lot to do these things or do you take, do you go with people or what's the ratio of like by yourself? Inici initially, this was a very like personal thing. It was my own journey right. in a way. I think there was a bit of an element of reclaiming my own sovereignty over myself in a way, yeah. right? Like you have a car accident that sort of takes everything away yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you're like, no, I'm going to go rebirth myself. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, show these guys that they're wrong, that I am going to go do big things again. Um, so maybe there was an element of that in there. And then also just the love of being out there alone. Yep. So a lot of them initially were solo, were self-supported, were unsupported, where I was just out there by myself doing it with my own logistics, all, all taken care of on my own. Um, and then for the Bulgers, since it was kind of this celebration, you know, as I went through and I, I should say, uh, continuing the story, as I progressed toward 100, people started to ask like, well, what are you going to do for number 100? Because it's like, this is obviously going to be a pretty special thing. You're the first person that's ever going to have done a hundred of these records. Um, what are you going to do? And I'd crossed the Bulgers list at a previous time. And someone had said like, oh, that record's going to stand for a long time. And I looked at it and I'd seen, like I had enough like uh, depth of field, if you will, to be able to look at and go, no, I know what athletes are capable of on other sets of mountains. Like that record will get broken, but I didn't think it was going to be me. Right. It was just kind of a, <laughs> right. like a, no, that'll get broken and then moved on. <clears throat> and I kind of forgot about it, but then it came across my radar again, as I was nearing 100 and I'm like, wait, 100 peaks, some of the hardest terrain to move through some of the hardest orienteering in the country. Like if you measure the terrain in Washington on a, like, change uh, an elevation change per square mile there's no place in the u.s that matches like colorado's not even close really? like the, the steepness of the terrain how much it rises and drops in in washington is unreal the the the, the which is why you know my record came out with you know 870 miles but with 412,000 feet of elevation gain right. right so the pct the entire pct which is 2,600 miles long only has 300,000 feet of elevation gain, Jeez. right? So it's like I packed more into less than half the distance. Jeez. <clears throat> so it's an insane, insane rise and drop in this terrain. So you're on some of the most brutal terrain. You're, you're navigating through temperate rainforest, right? Some of the only temperate rainforest in the world. Yep. 
So you think about how thick rainforest is. So that's what you're going through. Um, and, and you're rising and dropping entire miles of vert almost every given day. Um, and yeah, it was just this wild adventure. And then you throw in the fact that it's like, wait, you're also navigating glaciated, like crevassed glaciers, right? Like technical glaciers that if you screw up, you fall through and die. Jeez. And <laughs> then you're also on top of that. Oftentimes when you get off of the glacier, you're climbing fifth class terrain. Like you're doing genuine rock climbing to get up to the tops of some of these peaks. Right. So it's like, to me, it was like, you know, being the teacher, it's like, this is the, this is the cumulative exam. Like this is the final exam. Like this is everything I've ever done in, in a previous FKT, but it's 50 days straight. Don't mess up. Right. And it was like, this is what I have to do. Right. There's almost a little poetry to it. Like hundred peaks for the hundredth record. It was just like, yeah, no, like this is the story I have to write with my life. Like this is what I'm going to do. And also there was this element of, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm, I'm Oregon born and raised. And you know, all the time you get to hear about people doing this peak record and that mountain record in Colorado and this peak record and that peak record, you know, kind of over there in the like Utah and the, like those spaces, Montana, Utah, Wyoming. And I was like, wait a minute, like our mountains are some of the best in the world. Like a lot of mountaineers come to Washington to climb some of those peaks as like test pieces before going overseas to tackle even bigger peaks. Um, and I was like, there's this element of like moving the needle on how these mountains are seen. Right. Cause if you think something's going to take 410 days, not very many people are going to be willing to give up 410 days of their life <laughs> exactly. to a project. Exactly. But if you think something only takes 50 days, like maybe suddenly it's like, you know what, wait, maybe I can invest 50 days into seeing like what's possible here. Right. And so it felt like, it felt like moving the needle and paying respect to sort of my home turf as well. Uh, which gave me another layer of motivation. No, I, I, that's again, it's, it was just so fun to like read about this story. Cause I know nothing about like, you know, what you did before we got in contact. Uh, I mean, I know I take that back. I know a little bit, but I don't, I didn't know what FKTs meant. And like I said, I'm hugely interested in, in, in climbing and, and hiking and, and mountaineering. It's just not something that I'm, I've truly done, but like I, like I said about like skateboarding, I love skateboarding and snowboarding culture. It's just not my, I, I won't do it myself, but to, to like look at it and the research, what you do is just, it's fascinating to me. I mean, just straight fascinating. It, it's just, you know, it's just, it's wild. And like you said, to do something like that in 50 days and to, to really truly have to have your concentration level at such a high magnitude constantly, really, truly. Right. I mean, cause you're, you're going through different things every day, different experiences every day that you have to be razor sharp with this stuff. Like it has to be a rewarding, but it had to be exhausting also. I mean, I, you know, like I can't imagine like some days you had to just be, oh my God, I can't, you know, I'm just off today. Like, did you have those days where you just kind of like said, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through with what I planned on or, or something like that. I mean, just like, again, like I assume you're like willing to allow yourself different, different ways to navigate different things on different days. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm human. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not superhuman. Um, <laughs> what? I had one day. I had one day uh, where my uh, crew actually made the call that I should take a rest day because I got I got a bit sloppy on yep. some fifth class terrain, and like I kind of knew I was way too exhausted to be making the moves I was making. Yep. And like I was supposed to wake up the next day and do another huge push through like the same level of technical terrain. And they were kind of like, we don't think you should do this. Like that was kind of bad. And the way you're describing it, it doesn't seem like you should go back out. And I kind of hated it at the moment. Cause it's like, Oh no, like this is going to like make the record imperfect if I take a rest day. Um, but like looking back, I think that was an important call to, to take that probably like, you know, even if someday somebody comes along and beats me by one day yeah. on this record um, it's like, the call that that we made as a team right there like i'm willing to live with that because you know it would have been how terrible would it have been if like they hadn't like made me do that and then i did fall and die the next day right because i was too exhausted <laughs> no that's, um, i mean because so, it is like i mean a lot of a lot of the stuff that you're dealing with is life or death i mean it's there's not it's not a joke i mean you know it is and so like i think it is like it it just again, 50 days straight of having to have, I mean, obviously some days are not as technically, uh, proficient as other days. I mean, I would assume, um, yep. but still like to have that kind of intensity of that moment or moments for 50 days, like it, I think it is important to like understand your body, which it sounds, you know, again, being a kinesiologist, uh, or studying kinesiology, like you, you, I think are probably more aware than a lot of people of like what your body is telling you. Yeah, no, the study, the study definitely has helped. The awareness definitely has helped. Um, I would say there's a few elements that come to mind here. One thing that comes to mind is, is there's always this equation running inside of us, right? Where it's almost this, is it worth it sort of equation? Um, and I think, I think ultimately it's, it comes down to, do you love it more than it hurts you? You know? And, and for me, the answer always was clearly that I loved it more than it hurt. And did it hurt a lot on a lot of days? Was I exhausted? Did, did it hurt from step one all the way through to the finish line for, for, you know, some of those middle days out there from day 20 through day 35 before I knew it was going to even be possible for me to finish. Um, absolutely. There were days that hurt, but the love for what I was doing, really the whole project, it was, it was never hard to get out of bed and go. Right. Like sometimes I had to make the decision to do less than what I wanted to do. Like, uh, you know, some days it was like, Oh, I'm supposed to go do six peaks today. It's like, we're going to do three peaks today. Like, <laughs> right. like that's all that's physically going to be possible. Like I'm too beat up and I'm moving too slow. Um, like we're going to do three today. We'll do the other three tomorrow. We'll accept that that's a, you know, a day slower or a half day slower. Um, so there were situations like that, but like there was never a day where I woke up and was like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Right. And that's why I chose to do something like this. Right. It's like, I know I have this deep love and this deep passion for it. And, and I think, one of the things anyone that signed up, I, every runner's had this experience where they love running, they fall in love with running, they're, they're doing running because it, it, you know, it's enriching their lives, it's making them feel balanced, like you know, all the different 
therapeutic reasons people do it and all the different reasons because it connects with their goal setting and gives them a sense of meaning through the tragedy in life. Like they're able to do this practice, this ritual, like they fall in love with it for these intrinsic reasons inside of themselves. And then they sign up for their first race, say a marathon. And then suddenly they find themselves dreading these workouts that they have to do. And they're like, wait, I, I loved running. Like, why is this going on? It's like, well, it, it's hidden in the language, right? Yep. Instead of, I want to do this, it's I become, have I have to do this, yep. right? And there's, there, there, there's this keenness. There's this litmus test. That's, that's the litmus test, right? Is, is staying in touch with what you want to do and why you want to do it. Yep. And, and not, you know, so when I, when I thought of this hundred peak project, really my mind ha- has been trained enough over the years doing this stuff that I was never really thinking like, yeah, when I was planning it out, I was planning for a hundred peaks. I was aware I was attempting a hundred peaks. Um, but when I actually got into the project, the way I understood it is no, today I'm so excited for that jump across the 40 foot cavern um, where it's just going to be pure drop off below me as I leap across this five foot gap. Like I'm looking forward to that today. That experience is going to be fun. Or, or on a different day, it's like, oh man, there's going to be this epic glissade down a snow field for 3000 vertical feet. Like I'm going to get to slide for like a mile straight on my butt down the side of this mountain. And it's going to be like a sledding run. Right. It's like, like all these little things that I know that I love, like I'm thinking like, that's the next thing I'm looking forward to. That's the next little thing. That's the next little thing. So it was an understanding and staying tuned into the moments that I knew I was there for. Like, yeah, there's a clock running, but the clock doesn't mean you have to be focused on the finish line. Right. The, what the clock does, what I've come to understand is, is based on the person I am feeling the pressure of the clock makes the experience in the moments better. I get like, when I feel like I'm pushing my body to be as efficient as I can, it's that, it's that choreography, right? It's that dance that I talked about. It's, it feels like I'm truly doing something I ought to be doing. Like I, a lot of people are like, Oh, you should slow down and appreciate it more. It's like, actually, I tend to have less of an experience right. if I just casually go walk in the mountains. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, it's nice, but it's like something is missing because I'm not bringing all of who I am to the place. Right. Right. It's like, I'm not there. I'm just there to appreciate it. And when I go push myself into what that clock adds for me is it's like, no, now I'm all here too. Nature's here. And now I'm here too. Right. And so it creates this full experience. And I became very aware uh, long ago that it's like the clock running isn't about being at the finish line. The clock running is because I like the moments of my life better while it's happening. Right. Um, and that's under, and, that's, that goes back to just like understanding yourself. You like, you have, you like have internal drive. You don't need somebody else telling you what to do. You know, like, you know, how you operate again. I think that goes for me, like listening to how you were just talking that in some ways that's attached to kinesiology, like understanding yourself, understanding your body, understanding that you have this internal drive that you need to push yourself in that way to get the best experience for you. You know, it's, I think when you were saying something I found find interesting and I talked to my student athletes a lot about this is that a lot of times, you know, student athletes and you were a student athlete, you, you ran in college, right? I did. And, and, and I think, and I played baseball in college when it, when that thing becomes a job, then the joy is gone. 
and you need to find a different find a way to like get the joy back and that's what you were just saying it's like you understand that your joy about what you do is to push yourself in that certain way and and that's why i think you love it so much and you get that experience yeah yeah it's 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 sort of in a you know another way of thinking about it. it's like age regressing it's like going back to you as a little kid like you as a little kid was excited to run out onto a playground with a bunch of new things that you'd never played on before. Like right. go climb on the monkey bars and go, go down the slides and like, Ooh, look at this rock wall thingy. And Oh, look at the swingy thingy. Like, <laughs> like you were just stoked to go play. Right. It's like, that's, that's what we're connected to. And that's why I say that oftentimes I say on like these, these talks I get to be on, like, I'm lucky to be a PE teacher because I constantly get reminded of what that looks like the moment you unveil something a kid has never played with or played on before. I get to do that day in and day out of, at my job with kindergartners year after year. I get to introduce them to so many things they've never seen before. And I get to see how they react. I'm like, that's what it feels like. That's what I'm staying in touch with right there. I, that's, I, I love the ability to teach. I mean, it, it's, it is, it, it's just like giving somebody something that they never thought about. And you can literally almost see the light bulb go off. I mean, it, it's, it's so rewarding. Um, and that's why I think it's, again, it's so cool that you are a teacher because you can give them real life experience, you know, with what you're doing and why it means something to you. And again, it's not, it's not sitting here saying that any one of the, of your students has to do anything like you specifically but for them to understand that what you're doing for yourself is joy pure joy and like that they can find their own way to do that and express that i just i think it's i think that's, actually it's really cool i had the i had the beautiful opportunity in the in the documentary on one of the days the film crew was out one of the film crew while the cameras were still running um actually asked me like you know, do your students know about this? Like, what would you, what would you want? Uh, like your students, if your students could see, see you out here, like, what would you want to like them to take away from it? And like, I was very aware, like, I know exactly. Cause I, I say as much and I, I behave in, as such um, what I said. And, and this get the beautiful part is this gets to come through on the documentary is I say, I want them to be inspired. I want them yep. to, to see and believe that if this crazy gym teacher they have can climb 100 mountains because he loves climbing mountains then they can do whatever they love yep. to the exact same degree absolutely absolutely i i think that is that's inspiration right there again it doesn't mean any one of them has to climb a mountain but what you're giving them is for lack of a better way and it's kind of corny to say but you're giving them hope you know you're 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 you're, you're showing them that you love to do something and you do it and it and that's like that's a certain amount of hope it's like oh well i can do that too i can do i can do something if my teacher does that i can go out and do something it's uh, inspiration uh, i i just think it's badass man like i i think that's it's it's really cool that like they get to have you as a teacher I, you know, really, I, I, I think that I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And yeah, it does. It does matter to me that, yeah. that, that part of my life does matter. Um, <laughs> no, what, like, you know, like maybe to like kind of wrap up, but like, what, like, what's a 10 year plan for you? Like, what, like, where do you see yourself 
in 10 years? Like what, like, you know, like maybe it's a, maybe it's a goal question as well. Um, and I know I kind of touched on this earlier, but like, what do you, like, it seems like, you know, you said you're kind of inspiring the, the next generation or mentoring in some ways. Is that something that you, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of an extension of your teaching, I guess, in some ways. Um, but like, what, like, what do you see in the next 10, 15 years or something? Well, I think, I think when people ask you questions about your vision for life, it's kind of similar when you brought up like how life set me back and I seem to bounce back from it fairly quickly. Right. I think there's this element that you have to get to know yourself yep. and, and you have to understand that you don't really know yourself that well. And so if you don't know yourself now very well, you also don't know yourself in the past very well. And you also don't know your potential in the future very well. And so you got to spend some more time mulling, mulling that just over just how ignorant you are. Um, and, and you have to, you have to spend some time reflecting because the things you think you know about yourself, you often know grossly inadequately. So I, I think one that a life lesson that life teaches you quickly, or it ought to teach you if you're paying attention when something like a debilitating car accident happens in your life. And you thought of yourself as an elite triathlete and you thought of yourself as a runner. You know, you use these phrases, I'm a runner and I'm a triathlete. That's not who you are. That's what, what you, you do. do. Yeah. It's a behavior, not an identity. Who you are is a driven, passionate person that chooses like an artist chooses their medium to paint with. Maybe it's charcoal. Maybe it's watercolor. You're choosing your medium to express who you are. And as soon as you start to boil it down like that, understanding that Jason Hardrath on the inside or whoever you are on the inside, like there are traits. I'm a driven person. I'm a passionate person. I'm an expressive person. I like to push limits. I like chaotic environments. I thrive there. I like to reach into the chaos and see what I can pull out of it. I don't do well in highly ordered, highly structured, highly mapped out situations. I get bored. I feel like a, a pressure over the top of me. Like I have to get out. If it's too safe of an environment, I have to go push to the edges. And I know this about myself. And I know that I can express that in a variety of ways. So like I say this somewhat humorously, but also dead serious. If I woke up tomorrow from an accident and my legs were gone, the, probably the first thing I would do is I would reach for a device and start shopping for a racing wheelchair, yep. right? It's like, I still have my arms. I still love to push myself and become better, better by a tool to do that with. Obvious. It's obvious. And, you know, I mean, it gets more complex for myself. Like if I lost all ability to move and was trapped inside my body with just my mind, like that would be difficult. That would be a real challenge for me because I do love the physical realm so much. Right. <laughs> but there's this element of, you, you break it down to, to the, the fundamentals in a way, right? You know, people say that a lot, but you go deeper than just the superficial understandings of why you do what you do. And you get down to the, the, the nitty gritty. And for teaching, what that is for me is I understand, you mentioned that light bulb moment, right? I, I've discovered and I've pondered over time that the reason I bother to teach in a school system isn't because the school system is inherently better or, or worse than than any other opportunity for people to learn. People learn on their jobs. People learn in the mountains. People learn also. I mean, I'm a mountain guide as well. Like I love teaching people in the mountains. What I'm in love with is that moment you create for a person, especially if it's difficult to stage where you have to take them through a complex environment and they have to have like some ups and downs. And then you get to hand them the aha moment to decode that 
and you get to go, ah, here's how I see that when that happens to me. And they go, oh, well, you see that look and that silence and that, that body language, like that is why I teach, whether it's a kindergartner in the classroom and revealing that thing to them or them, them picking their bike their or their feet up on a strider bike and balancing for the first time ever and gliding along and steering the bike and like seeing that moment, like whatever it is, like I'm in the profession for that moment. And so I know now, because I know that that's why I'm there, I can do any, anything, anything in the universe and know that I'll be happy doing it if I'm bringing that moment to other people through it. Absolutely. Dude, I, 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 that, that's a great ending. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to cut it off and like, sorry, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. No, I it, like, but you did. I, I think that's true. Like, I think, and it, and it goes back to what we were just saying, because what you just said is inspiring. And I, again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an energetic person, but like that, that's, I'm ready to go right now. Let's go climb mountains. Like, I mean, I'm serious. Like it, it, it is like, it's one of those things where I just get, ex- I get excited when other people get excited about what they're doing. And like, you can really truly feel here. Like I said earlier, the joy in what you're doing. And I think that that's, you know, for me to be able to talk to you and to put this out there, I think, I, I just think it's important to have people like you that can, you know, like, voice that love and again it's not doesn't mean that anybody has to go out and climb mountains it's like find what you love to do and then do it take it on and and just keep doing it until you get better and better and better whatever and i it it's just i don't know it's exciting man and and i'm super glad that like we connected because i it's it's a different world for me but i like i said earlier it's I'm just fascinated by it. Like I, I partially watched that documentary last night. And again, I know it's different, but it's like, I knew I was going to be talking to you today. And it's just like, it's just, it, I keep saying fascinating, but it's just fascinating because it's culturally different from the athletic things that I do, but it's just, it's, it's wild. I just, I, I just find it amazing. It's uh <laughs> it's a beautiful world out there. You know, I mean, that, that's the other part of it, right? We all have this urge inside us to explore to some degree. We all, we all sort of feel those romanticized feelings about the great explorer era when we were charting the unmapped portions of Earth. Yep. Um, we all love the, the, the idea and the stories of astronauts going to space, right? We're, we're enamored uh, huma- on a humanity-sized level with these stories of pushing the very edges of our, our knowledge of the universe. And I think in some small way, that's, that's what we have to not, we don't have the choice. Like if we want to be alive, we have to chase some version of that for ourselves. No. And it's why, it's why I jump in my car at least once a year and drive out West. I'm enamored by the vastness of the West, like Montana and Wyoming and Colorado. I just, it speaks to me and it's, it's on a different level obviously than what you do, but it's like, there's something about that exploration for me as an artist and it, it, it comes into my art and like, I'm, you know, we actually bought land in Montana partially because, you know, it is that's still the wild West in some ways. And, you know, we want to start an artist athlete residency out there where we can bring people out to like, really 
discover in, in a different way what the world is about, I guess, in some small way. And and that's so, beautiful, dude. Yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah. and like when you're you know when you were saying earlier, uh, it's like to me that's that's the journey, right? That's the journey. That's the hero's journey. Yep. Like you go, you go and you face the dragons because the dragons are where the gold is. Yep. But then because you face the dragons and you got to go live your adventure and then you came back with the gold and oftentimes that gold is wisdom, right? And now you're able to enrich your community because of the journey you've been on, right? You're, you're expert. Like now you want to create this space to help bring others to allow them to have a journey, right? Absolutely. Like that's, like you want you want to close on what I hope to do in ten years, some version of that. <laughs> well, you can come to Montana and do a do a workshop in Montana. I assure you, we we would love that. Actually, we're near, um, what is it called, Beartooth Mountain. So there's a there's a peak right there, like about twenty minutes from where the land is, on the way to Yellowstone, and 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 so it's yeah, it's it's loving what we what we get to do loving that i get to like meet people like you and to talk to people because again like you know i i truly i do like i'm I'm not understating this i'm like inspired by like what you do and like and how you do it and and what i think you can bring to the world uh through through what you do and how you talk about it and i'm like really excited about this documentary to like um to, you know, really get in inside of your mind in a different way than just even our conversation, you know, because I, I, I think it, it, you know, I keep saying fascinating, but it's, it truly is to me. It's just, it's a different, a different way of going about things, but in a similar outcome, I guess is the best way to say it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Send, send me send me an invite sometime. And, oh uh, no, totally, have dude. Me out, man. Uh, to- totally, <laughs> we don't have anything on the land right now, but you're welcome to camp there. Um, <laughs> and it's like I said, it's it's uh, it's been something that I've I've wanted to do for probably almost 20 years, and we were able to do it last year um, with the business, um, and just excited about like where I think it's going to go. And it, I mean, and I'm not joking. Like, it's something where I think we could bring you out as a guest speaker to, you know, like to certain people that come out and use the residency, like, cause I, or, or we could screen the movie out there when we built, you know, it's like, there's just so many different things that I think, you know, we're going to be able to do, um, from a, you know, from a mental health capacity, um, you know, working with veterans or, or, you know, athletes or just really truly anybody underserved youth, you know, whatever. Um, and I just think it's exciting. And again, I think, you're again, you're like, you're a perfect person for that in, in regards to like the fact that you're a teacher, like you can tell that you inspire people, like I've said. And so I have one last question actually, and this is just random, but I always leave it in the podcast, but I always put music like either, I either write music or if you have any friends that are in a band that would want to donate a song to the episode, please contact us or whatever. If not, like if you like, do you, what kind of music do you like? I'll, I'll just, I basically write shit all the time for most of the episodes. But. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I'm one of those people that's like a very emotional music listener. Okay. So, I mean, I'll, I'll listen, <laughs> I'll listen if it's the right vibe, I'll listen to dubstep one day okay. and I'll be listening to classical a oh, different shit. day. Oh shit. And- I, I actually, I recorded uh, with, I used to be, well, I still am a singer, but I recorded a song with a guy that used to, um, is a, writes dub. 
I mean, he unfortunately <laughs> passed away last year, but, um, but it was like badass. Um, and maybe I'll put that. I think I've used that song before, but I don't have a problem repeating. You know, I would be, I'd be pretty stoked if, if some, some sick, uh, some sick bass drops happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will see what the hell I can come up with, man. Um, but dude, I like, again, I, I, I really am glad that we connected. I'm glad you reached out. Um, I, I look forward to like staying in touch, like I said, uh, and I, I look forward to the movie and, um, we have actually have a couple documentaries or a series of documentaries that we just started filming our first one. Of course it got all whacked out because of COVID, but we're about done filming the first one and we're actually getting ready to start our second one. So, um, it's awesome. I'm really excited about all that. So yeah, I'm like, I, I, I definitely like want to see this. The trailer is amazing. So it's, um, but I look forward to promoting it as well. So, but yeah, yeah, dude, like I, like I said, I look forward to staying in touch. And if I'm ever out that way, which is, as I said, like I have my summers off from teaching and I, I, like I said, I get in my car and I drive out West. So if I'm ever out in, in the, uh, the PNC, um, or the PN, whatever. (laughs) PNW. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. That's not right. Um, um, I will, I'll hit you up because it'd be, it'd be cool to like go grab a coffee and, and continue the conversation in a different way. So. Absolutely. You would be absolutely welcome here. Cool. <laughs> well, man, have a, uh, have a great night. And again, thank you. Um, and I'll let you know, it'll probably be a couple weeks, um, for release. Cause I have, I had somebody that postponed last week. That's going to be the start of season six. Um, and, uh, once I get her recorded, um, I think you're number two, so it'll be like a couple weeks, but I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll send you, um, send you like some promo stuff and, um, and give you a heads up like a week before we release it. Perfect. And I'll make sure I fire you some, uh, some still photos. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going so to use like for the, with. for the video stuff, I'll just use what I have on screen and just screen capture. And it just, it is what it is. You know, I can, I can still hear you and like the, the, the audio cleaned up at the end. So, so cool. Cool brother. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. And enjoy the rest of the day. Look forward to like keeping up with what you're doing, man. Like, is it again, like just inspired and <laughs> like super jazz. I'm going to go watch free solo again. I don't know. Or something. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's absolutely stay in touch. I definitely, I, I do hope to get to have another conversation with you. I love, yeah, ma'am. I love the angle and, and your perspective and the, the creative mind that you bring to what you talk about. It's not just, uh, you know, Oh, how fast did you run? Yeah. It's like, we got, we got to the real core of it. We got to the philosophy on life. Like I'd love to have another chat with you. Cool. Absolutely, man. We could even do a follow-up podcast in the future. Like, um, I'm trying to like, just do, I don't want to repeat anybody like for a little while, but we're getting, I, we're going to cross over our hundredth episode here in a, this season. So, um, but I just, I like, again, I just feel so lucky. Like, cause how, how in the hell would I have ever been able to meet you or, or some of the, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's like, I, I get to meet like some just fascinating people and it's, and, and a lot of people like reach out to me, which uh, it's just, it's, it's fun. I like, I've, I found it like really rewarding and, um, and enriching. Like it's like, again, like I, I'm actually energized right now just from the conversation. And that, that to me is like, what's, it tells that, me this was like cool shit. So that puts a smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked that you're stoked. You you're go. stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> Got like this reciprocal stoke stokeness. 
reciprocal <laughs> stokeness. Well, cool. All right, man. Well, yeah, I'll I'll um I'll be in touch and and send you some stuff out. And um, but yeah, let's let's just keep chatting away. Sweet. All cool, right, man. I'll stay in touch. Cool. Peace and love, man. Later, brother. Bye. Really, so much fun to talk with Jason. Like I said, everything he has gone through and everything he is now doing. It's really fascinating uh, and just inspiring. Again, make sure to check out the documentary on Jason. It is called Journey to 100. And follow him on Instagram, uh, Jason Hardrath, uh, just to stay up on his amazing journeys. Reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. Thanks as always. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. And the reason